Good morning and welcome to episode 36 of A Better Father. I'm going to be a couple days late here, obviously. It is Thursday. So I think mentally I was just a little off uh, with President's Day. And then Tuesday I got in a very good cleaning mode. I spent about three and a half hours cleaning my daughter's bedroom and vacuuming and just getting it all together. And then I went for a run and then I went to therapy. And then <laughs> the uh, my daughter's mother was supposed to be gone, which was like this weight that was just lifted and it felt great and so everything was kind of like jamming and feeling good and I was like oh, I'll be late but I'll get the podcast up Tuesday night and then she got sick and so didn't get to do my podcast then and now she's still here and she was supposed to be gone until like Thursday late late so hopefully she will reschedule that trip and be gone but um and anyway so then yesterday she was here sick all day, so I, I just stayed gone and disappeared. And, uh, yeah, so I'm running a little late, which I apologize for because I was actually thinking about it, and I really, when there's podcasts I like or I look forward to, I really look forward to them. It's just like a nice reprieve to see that in my inbox when I do, especially the ones that are, like, weekly instead of daily. The daily ones, sometimes you just start skipping because, like, I got a couple days behind and they were pertinent to, like, that day or whatever. But the weekly ones, you're like, oh, I missed it. So for anybody who's listening, um, I apologize for being a couple days late. I'm going to post this as soon as I get it done. And uh, yeah. So after my last podcast last week, it was in my head to kind of talk more about being in this situation, like in this situation, not just like in this situation, but what it's like to, or what it's feeling like to be in it. Because I, I want to be positive. I try to be positive. There's actually a lot of things that I'm doing that are maintaining an equilibrium and keeping me going, which is why I try to talk about that stuff for anybody who's listening to this. But on the same note, I was I, I walked away from last week, and so I'm like, I just get sad sometimes. Like, it's just being in this situation, being... I mean, <laughs> life can get you sad, much less being in a situation where you had put all this time and energy and effort into one thing and it turned out to not work and and I I've never had problems walking away from jobs I've broken up with girls before I've been very sad over some of the very nice good people I have dated that in retrospect like I should have worked much harder at like 2020 hindsight because you know you choose the exact opposite wrong thing of what you should have picked out of the good choices that you walked away from because of you, stupidity, arrogance, ego. And then you end up with just a shit show of a situation in person. And then you're just like, oh, great. So I finally make a choice and this is what it is, which is why I never made a choice. But if you were going to make a choice, you should have made a much better choice. And I did not. And that gets you sad. Like there are times I'm just numb or I can't do anything else other than just watch a TV show and I'm not even really watching it it's just on so there's noise and like last night I'm the my daughter's mother goes to put her to bed and then I usually just retire to my bedroom and write read watch TV or catch up on something and then you know go to sleep and and then that's kind of the night and I'm just sitting up in this room and I'm just like ugh, like I just I'm just trapped in this space literally and figuratively and so I just 
I didn't, I didn't know what to do and I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to go out, although I should go out and try to meet somebody or hook up with somebody or do something because Jesus Christ. But anyway, and so I just like started playing some music. I came downstairs and I just cleaned because this place always needs to be cleaned. And, and it just felt good to get out of that space, like just a bigger space because I have the smaller bedroom of the three, which again, is fine, but <laughs> it's just just living in this. And so anybody who's listening to this for the purposes of raising a child or, or going through a divorce or in a bad marital situation or relationship or something, like just to know somebody else out there just is sad sometimes too and just to hear like like it gets rough and it's weird because I went through like a very big wine phase and drank a lot of wine and it became like a daily nightly habit and and I didn't feel good and I was just sluggish I was 10 pounds over the weight I wanted to be and so I just kind of like made a conscious effort to stop and I haven't had any alcoholy drinks for months and I just don't feel like it I just kind of got it out of my system and I just realized it was just making me ugh and there's every once in a while I'll be like I should have a drink tonight I'm just like I just don't want to so and when I hear like when I watch TV shows or someone they're like I can't wait to have a glass of wine or just sit back and have a glass of wine I'm like yeah that would be nice but I don't know I feel like if I were in a better spot or had a partner or something then it would be like oh like Let's sit and have a glass of wine and chill and talk and be normal. And that's just not an option I have right now, I guess. So I wanted to just talk about that that sense of kind of just being alone and lonely and sad sometimes. And and I'm not going to like say it's okay or we all feel that way or anything like that. I just, it's just is. And, and it gets really hard and when you have a long day or a hard day and you have zero per- people to turn to or nobody to really talk to like that's sad and lonely and for five and a half years this would be a huge argument with somebody but I've been doing this alone and I know that can be debated and argued but basically somebody's been cutting checks so that I can do this alone and it's been appreciated that the bills are paid and I can go buy food, even though that's an argument, but I can go buy food and I can do these things because somebody's cutting a check. But then I've had nobody to turn to, nobody to talk to, no long days, no fun stories to tell, nobody to share with, nobody to say like this part was rough or hard. I've like literally had to just suck up everything, every hard day, every bad day, every rough day. And it just weighs on you. And and so when I get on here and I try to focus on the positive and I try to not make this a depressing, sad podcast, uh, because really, I don't assume most people would want to listen to that. And I don't want to be that either. But it also the reality is this gets hard. This gets sad and it gets lonely and you feel alone. And and I have found ways to try to push through that. I look towards the future a lot more now than I was. I was just kind of stuck in the moment. And now I'm trying to progress this forward as much as it breaks my heart. Like uh, last week, I sat down with the parent, the other parent, and um, told her that we needed to tell our daughter that we're not together. For five and a half years, 
our daughter has looked at this shit show of a couple and thought, oh, this is love. Like, my mommy and daddy love each other, and this is how people who love each other treat each other. And people who love each other, since specifically last April, almost a year now, my daughter has been watching us sleep in different bedrooms. She's commented on it multiple times. And so she's thinking, oh, people who love each other sleep in different bedrooms. People who love each other are apart. And I told her I wanted to tell our daughter that, like, this is enough. And I have asked her multiple times to do it, and I keep letting her drive. And I just kind of put my foot down and said, we're telling our daughter. We can, we're going to talk about it, obviously. We're not just going to sit down and be like, oh, well, okay. But I wanted to talk about it and go from there. And ooh, uh, that didn't go over well at all. I mean, at all. You think something doesn't go well, and then you're like, oh, that didn't go well. Like, this was like, Phew. But everything with her goes that way. Uh, but on a side note, I stayed calm. I stayed focused. I had prepared myself not for it to go that badly because somebody said something she disagreed with, and it went nuts. But I, I was able to keep my mantra going, and I was able to stay calm, and I was shaking and freaking out a little bit. But the point of that is, after I did that, it was like you just took a little chisel to the dam and just kind of like made a little break in it. And I was like, oh, like after I got over the stress and horror of the situation she created by my telling her I wanted to do this thing, all of a sudden it was just kind of like, oh, I can do this. Oh, that felt good. Oh, that's a pressure relief valve. And you just keep it in and you start to worry and you're fearing and it's like money and a new place and what happens to my daughter and blah, 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 blah. But just barely existing in this environment isn't doing anybody any favors. It's not good for anybody. We're not telling our daughter that this is a shit show and you should be aware instead of just thinking like, oh my God, life sucks if this is how life looks, which I am putting that on her. I look at it and think, Jesus, I'm sorry, sweetie. This is not how life should look. Obviously it can. But anyway... So I took that moment, I just kind of felt better, and I breathed, and it was a release, and I just felt better. And then it's like, okay, so then I started doing other things to start progressing this forward, because I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not turning 44 like this. No, I've wasted 12 years of my life on this one individual, and I've invested the last five point, well, six years in her and 5.5 years in my daughter, which has been amazing and appreciated on every level. But man, I put up with a lot of abuse to get here. So, and I've let my daughter think it's okay to be abused by another person to get here. So, so once that dam kind of broke a little bit, then it was a pressure release and it was just like, ah. But I did walk away from last week thinking, I need to talk about some of these other things. And somebody else who might be listening to this who's sad or depressed and just like, oh, this guy never seems to really get sad about it. No, I'm, it's, <laughs> very cheesy but in that scene in the Avengers when they were talking to Bruce Banner about how he's able to like not become the Hulk all the time and he's like the secret is I'm always angry and it's like and then he turns into the Hulk so he learned to control it that way it's almost like I'm always sad and always a little depressed throughout all of this but I've learned to like utilize it channel it or do things to like st- sidestep it or work around it so if you're in that moment if you're feeling that then, yeah, I feel like you're not alone, I guess is the only way to say that. And trying to duck and weave and work your way around it or understand it or figure it out. I mean, the journaling has been great. The writing has been great. The working on the book has been great. This podcast has been great. Um, 
just doing these things to get out of my own head and to take these emotions and these feelings and this sadness and this worry and this fear of next has has helped a lot. And even now, I'm trying to talk to my daughter's mother about what happens because I'm working on a job right now. I might get it if I get it. Like, what do we do with our daughter? I'm just like, oh my God. Like, I could be a week away from a job and we, you won't talk to me about what we do. So again, I just got so used to letting her control and keep me down and and make me feel like you are the one who has to do this because if I do anything, you just berate me. And it's no, <laughs> like, no, I can do this. Get up off my own ass and do it because you're going to treat me like crap anyway. And I either sit here floating in the ether feeling like crap or I get up off my ass and start doing stuff and you aren't the one who has to make the appointment to go talk to a mediator I can do that and I can tell you I've made the appointment it's this day and this time let's figure it out if that doesn't work for you let's reschedule but everything's on the books now so we've got the ball rolling like it's just blah so um and I almost feel like this sounds more positive than I intended to because it's gonna be like, hey, it's okay to be sad. I feel sad too. Blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, ah. so it is. It is finding those things. I guess would be the point of like, yes, you're not alone if you're feeling this way. Period. And sometimes just feel sad. I do. I just wallow in it for a little bit every once in a while. And then sometimes I do things that, and I think that's good for me to do. Sometimes ignoring it, pretending it's not there, ducking and weaving around it always journaling, always moving, always going and trying to pretend like I'm not just hurting from the inside out constantly is lying to myself. And every once in a while, I need to just let myself just be sad and hurt and scared and broken and worried and fearful and just sit in it for a minute. And however I choose to do that, but also doing the other things are very helpful and have gotten me to a point where I can build on these things. And then you look and you're like, what was the point of that? The point of it was probably without all that stuff, I wouldn't got to the point where I could get through her just screaming at me and not losing my cool, which had happened every other, pretty much almost every other time before because I would give in or she would just start attacking me and hurting me and saying horrible things and then you'd start to want to defend or whatever. And it's just like, I don't care what you think. I don't care... Your opinion means nothing to me, so why am I getting upset that somebody who is nothing to me thinks I am nothing? I'm not, that doesn't, there's plenty of people in the world that don't think that about me, so I'm not going to let the one piece of crap who's screaming at me that I'm nothing be what how is directing my emotional well-being, I guess. So anyway, so that was what I wanted to do there and I'm going to make kind of a hard shift for a little bit of this podcast and then I will end it because it'll be about time because I get going and talking and I appreciate having this outlet and maybe I need to bank one or two in case I run into a problem like I did this week can't predict the future but I thought I was really set up so I believe I talked about this at one point, but The World According to Mr. Rogers, Important Things to Remember by Fred Rogers. It's a quote, it's a book of Mr. Rogers quotes that I went through and I highlighted and I underlined and took out little pieces that I appreciated. 
But another thing I did with this, and I kind of want to do this a little more, is I went through and I underlined stuff, but I also like wrote little notes to my daughter in it, or like I try to do this, or this makes me think of you. I wrote down dates and times, so she knew when I was looking at it, because there was times I was reading it while waiting for a school bus. There was times I was reading it at like waiting for school to let out if I picked her up at school that day, which she prefers, but getting that extra hour-ish to just get stuff done or be me has been is also beneficial when she takes the bus. So, um, but I kind of liked reading um, in my last podcast, the podcast before that. So I was just going to read a couple of Mr. Rogers quotes because I've done this previously. That was like one of my first few podcasts and just kind of touch on those. And I've also, this is a reoccurring theme, but you have these things that are geared towards children that are made for children that are children's books, children's shows, whatever. The good ones, a lot of them are just crap. But um, but when, like the Berenstein Bears to me have been a very good source of like how to be a good parent. Things that are written in that book are written towards the parents and the kids of like mom's screaming and she's upset and blah, blah, blah. And it's just as much a thing of mom having to learn how to control herself, how to talk better. And the book ends with like mom apologizing, the kids apologizing or them talking about what happened. And you're reading that and you're like, oh, you're talking to me too. Like as the parents are reading this book to their kid, this isn't just for the kid. And with Mr. Rogers, it feels very much the same way, especially reading this quotes, because a lot of these aren't just taken from his show. They're taken from like his talks and speeches and going to Congress and stuff like that. So like they are geared towards adults too. But when you read this stuff and you understand that he's, that these lessons aren't just meant for kids, or as he's teaching them to kids as an adult, maybe you should think about a process how how it is that that's relating to a kid and how the role you play in getting that information across to a kid. Because it's not up to Mr. Rogers to raise your kids in a half-hour show. It's not up to Mr. Rogers to babysit your kid. It's, you can look at those things and talk to your kid about them and how that makes them feel and what it, what it means to you and what does it mean to them and have a nice little conversation which on a total side note, I was just listening to the Dak Shepard Armchair Expert podcast with the author from Gone Girl, and she was talking about how her dad, when they would go to movies and stuff, wouldn't just let her say, it was okay, or I liked it. Like She had to say things she did or didn't like about it and the reasons why, and built up that cognitive brain and that analyzing and processing brain, which is something I feel like I could do much better with my daughter because I redo her all the time and I do these things and let her play and let her use her hands and don't put her in front of screens or just like walk away while she's watching TV or anything like that. And and I could follow up better, talk, have better conversations around those things. And I think she has trouble with that because it hasn't been built into her at this point to kind of like talk about the things she's seeing or doing, even though you can hear the way she talks or the way she talks to you, that she is getting things and processing things. But not as purposefully as maybe they could where it's like, no, talk to me about that, explain it to me. So just throwing that out there. And I'm going to start going long, so I won't do this for very long. But I did want to kind of end on this note, especially when I thought I was going to go a little darker originally with that. But discovering the truth about ourselves is a lifetime's work, but it's worth the effort. Again, that's from Mr. Rogers. I probably should have started. I'm reading now. But uh, that, I think, fits in with this moment with what is happening to me to anybody listening to this podcast is that 
there's no there's no end point to this and I feel like that's something that was really missed and parent the parenting of me as a child because I always thought like you got to a point and then it stopped like like I always thought life was these and I don't know where this developed from maybe movies maybe my parents whatever but it was like elementary school was a certain amount of whatever high school was a certain amount of whatever college was a certain amount of whatever and then you get a job and then you work that job for 20 years and you make some friends and then you go out and you do adult stuff and whatever that was at the time but you're just an adult and you're married and you do these things and then after that you become a grandparent or at some point in there and you or you have kids of your own and then you become a grandparent and then you get old and then you die like it was just these stages of life and it was just this like like you didn't really work at it you just did these things and that turned out to be horribly untrue but it was never talked to me about that like these conversations never happened on any level with my parents of just saying like it doesn't end and it doesn't have to end people who when you see like research results and people who work until they die and all those things like are happier like the idea of getting to retirement not having to do anything anymore was like this pie in the sky idea of like oh you made it but then you die <laughs> like it's just like you give up because there's nothing moving you forward and I think there's, you know, a bigger discussion to have there because, like, if you're having to work out as a Walmart greeter at 87 because you have no money and you're not being taken care of and it's either that or you're on the streets at 87, then that's a problem. But if you're doing it because you want to, because it gives you something to do and purpose in your life, then cool, go for it. But anyway, larger discussion, but we never stop. And I feel like at this point in my life, I have worked way harder on on everything with me than I ever did before and that's just not something I envisioned or pictured or saw happening in my life. Alright, so this will be the last one I read and then I'll end this, but whatever we choose to imagine can be as private as we want it to be. Nobody knows what you're thinking or feeling unless you share it. I think that could be broken down in a lot of different ways or expressed in a lot of different ways, which is why I highlighted it. So it would be something I could talk with my daughter about because some of those things you do want to keep private. Some of those things you want to exist only in your head or in your heart or in your mind or wherever you created it. And then it just goes away like, or it just stays in your head forever. And that's just it, like whatever it is. But my, I, this is another stupid argument with her mother, but the idea of making a wish on a birthday cake and blowing out the candles and keeping that wish a secret makes zero sense to me because the kid, and I never got this as a kid either because it'd be like, oh, I wish for that. And it never came true. And I, at a certain point, I was just like, well, that's stupid. Like, why do we do this if it's never going to come true? It never comes true because people are like, oh, keep it a secret. Well, well if you don't put it out into the world, if you don't tell another human being, like, this is my wish or this is what I want, then guess what? Chances are you're never going to get it because nobody knows that you want it. There's no account of, I mean, if you want to get a bigger picture, like there's no accountability. But even if it's just like you really want a red bicycle and somebody tells you to make that, whatever it is you really want, wish for it, blow out the candles, and then hope that somehow it magically appears into the universe without ever having told anybody or keeping it a secret because like I don't want to break my secret wish and then not get my bike but if I don't break my secret wish then I don't get my bike like 
I caught on to that early as a kid. I was like, this is really dumb. Nobody knows I want this. And there's no magical birthday fairy. We don't even make up a magical birthday fairy for kids to believe in. And I always just thought that was ridiculous. But like I said, that's a bigger thing too of your wishes and your dreams and your goals and things that you kind of want to do or want to get or want to play with or want to create. And I try to get my daughter to talk to me or express what she's thinking or feeling when something is happening with her, however that is. But if she's getting frustrated because she doesn't, and this is just an example that I don't think has happened in a long time, but like because she can't find a piece of paper to color a picture, instead of like telling her to calm down or you need to get a hold of yourself or you're you know getting crazy or whatever, it's just like, why are you getting upset? What's happening with you right now that's causing this to happen? And it's like, oh, you can't find paper. You are a child and don't know where paper is or comes from. Just it magically appears every once in a while and there it is. And all of a sudden you're wanting paper to color a picture and you're thinking really hard, I want paper to color a picture and it's not magically appearing like it sometimes does. Talking to her and letting her know like you need to communicate with me. You need to let me know what you want. If you're getting frustrated and you're not telling me, then you're getting frustrated because you're not telling me or talking to me or sharing with me. And this is also a bigger topic, but I had read like early on of like first having a kid that authoritative parents tend to have kids who lie to them more and tend to like do more dirty underhanded stuff and be less uh, open and communicative tip because you put them in a place of not communicating. You put them in a place of hedging their bets on lying if you're going to get treated like crap one way or another. And so that that's where my hearing that or reading that quote, like hearing that kind of puts it into words what was happening based off reading that thing about authoritative parents of like what what's going on that's causing this emotion, what's happening that's doing this. And if you're getting in an argument or fight with your kid and they just didn't figure out how to ask for a piece of paper yet or for a large portion of their life it just magically appeared and now they can't figure out why it's not magically there when they need it, then you need to talk to them about how to make that paper appear or where to go find that paper next time they want it because now they're at a point in their lives where they can process they want paper and they can know where it's at to get it. And Or another thing is putting a little bit of paper somewhere and then they might need that refilled if you're not paying attention. Like, There's a lot to this and I feel like we put a lot on kids to have to regulate their emotions and communicate with you and and know how to act and behave and be as a child when most adults don't know how to do that and then we get mad at kids for not doing all these things when it's like they're a kid and we didn't teach them to do it and now we're yelling at them for not knowing how to do the thing that we failed to teach them i put a lot of stuff into the into the universe about being responsible as the adult when there's a kid in the room and not yelling at the kid because the adult wasn't being the adult in the room. But so those things that we have in our heads, some of those things should be private, should be kept internally, should be expressed the way we want to express them and keep them to ourselves. But some of those things need to be let out. Some of those things need to be put into the universe so that we can try to make those things come true or discuss them or talk about them or have conversations around them. And the more we keep our kids from feeling that openness to express themselves or talk to us or feel safe or comfortable around us, 
the less of a chance there's going to be that that information gets brought to you or expressed to you or told to you because they're not going to feel safe or comfortable doing that with you. So I was going to do a little bit more of that, but I'm already running long. So I apologize for being a couple days late. This is going to go up very quickly. And uh, maybe I will read a little bit more and talk a little bit more about some of these uh, Mr. Rogers quotes because I enjoyed them. So thank you very much for listening to episode 36 of A Better Father. I will be here next week, hopefully on time this time. And goodbye.